baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Morning has broken. This is a Christmas song? Listed as a Neil Diamond Christmas song? On his Christmas song. Morning has broken. To each his own. So, uh, it's been a while since we've had our next guest on the air. Bly Spencer is a, again, unlicensed, okay? This is very new. This is a very, um, I guess, a new field of study, a new field of thought. Pet therapy. We've had Bly Spencer on before. Uh, he is a ther- pet therapist to the stars. He's on uh, X at Pet Therapy USA. He's very busy, isn't taking any more clients, however, which is kind of great that we get uh, at least a couple of minutes with him today, mainly because of his break uh, through pet therapy called Pet Brain Spotting. It's a six-step therapy for pets that's been successful in treating millions of pets across Australia right now. The problem is they haven't okayed it in the U.S. Uh, testing procedures are underway. But Bly Spencer joining us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Bly, how, how the heck you been? Okay. Very much. Uh, for having me on again, Chad, the uh, excitement I've got here for pets this year has been unparalleled. Uh, yeah, so you called me Chad. This is Adam Carter. I think we used to have you on when uh, when I was uh, oh, more closely aligned with Chad, but that's okay. Adam, that's right. No, I'm per- sorry. no worries. Um, I wrote my notes down here from the last time we spoke because we did get quite a few from your WCCO listeners. That's correct. A lot of calls came in. Yeah, we've got a lot of calls and questions now, but uh, here's the thing, Bly. I know you deal with pets, but what about like humans when they lose a pet? Uh, uh, because Susie Jones, our, our news person here, uh, she oh. had Albert, a dear, dear golden retriever, Albert. So sweet. And Albert's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And... How do you help someone uh, through the holidays who maybe is missing that pet? Do you, do you have a human angle to this? Well, I, I'm sorry for your loss, Thank Susie. You. They're a big part of our families, right? Mm-hmm. They just they bring joy. They're there. And when you turn around one day and they're not there, it's just so disheartening. You know, um, I, I don't deal in that. I do have a clairvoyant friend who does a lot of that, uh, and I can, you know, connect, connect you off air with them as well. Uh, but the main thing is just keep their memory alive, right? Um, things that they had, just keep those close to you because they, they bring joy. I was going to ask, I had a photograph of Albert, a sweet picture of him mm-hmm. just laying on the living room rug and so i took the picture and i sent it and they actually took the photograph and put it on fabric oh. and they made a pillow oh and so nice. the other day i came through the room where the pillow is and i was like <gasps> like i was startled so that's an aside but truly a more pet centered question would be if you have two pets for example sometimes people will have two dogs or two cats and the one of the pets yeah. dies i would imagine oh, yeah. that that would have an impact and you might actually see real symptoms of you know depression not eating whatever you would yeah. see in a in an animal yeah. that's truly i think we don't 
treat animal. I don't well enough. Like they have actually emotions and feelings, but they yeah. do. Right, right. Well, you you hit a you you hit a big point, and what I recommend a lot of people do, and nobody does this uh, until I've been speaking to them, but is hold a funeral for that pet with the other pet. Be there at the house. You know, not necessarily have to have an open casket. Of course, you could have their paw print, but just have that ceremony where they're able to say their goodbyes and they understand. You know, the the missing the missing friend. Uh, but they don't get that when you just take them out the door and they go to the veterinarian and they're cremated and they don't come back and there's no closure and you're crying and you're upset and you're speaking. Give them that opportunity to grieve by throwing them uh, what you know humans do as a, a funeral, as a celebration of life. Do that for your pets. They're worth every moment. We had Albert cremated, and they gave us his ashes in a box, and I have a photo of him and a paw print and a little brown box. Yeah. Now, I laugh because... You won't forget, but but maybe you need to have that for for the pal, if they had a pal. Yeah. yeah. Right? Thank you, Susie. Yes, I'll go back to the news. We'll remember Albert I lo- in our hearts. Albert's a sweet dog. Yes, it's yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. Uh so, Blythe, the holidays are a specific time where though they can be a problem. Is it? Is it? Do do? do let me ask you this before we get to it. We got a lot of a lot of calls lined up. Do dogs or cats or whatever kind of pet do they sense the celebration in the air, or is it just stress to them? Oh no, it, they're just like us, and and how you experience it, they experience it. So when you start putting up the trees and getting excited, they're getting excited as well. So it's important to recognize that and bring that animal to the level that you are. So if you're putting you know, um, ornaments up high on the tree, scoop up your dog, scoop up your cat, bring them to the top of the tree and show them. Let them experience the joy you're experiencing at your level. And oh, sure. you know, where, where it becomes stressful uh, is where you allow people into the home and not allow them to be there. So, yeah. for instance, bringing people into your home, you're going to want to have everybody get down to your dog's level. And well, and, and ask again to be per- permitted in. Ask to say hello. You know, greet them because they are a family member as well. So don't forget to do those little things to make that animal feel special. And if your cat is one that doesn't like the activities and wants to go away, perfectly fine. I like to have everybody write little messages to my animals like that. Put those put those messages just in a little baggie or in a little box and yeah. share them later when they're ready to come out. Oh, that's well. Do you have to read the? Do you assume that the the animal can read that, or do you have to read them the messages? What? It's important to read them. Read it's them important to, okay, to share sure. in those moments. And, and now, do they really? Who, do they really know what? I'm, do they really know what, what I'm saying, or is it just like the soothing nature of your voice? Is Absolutely, there is. It's it's a form of telepathy, hmm. a te- telepathic. Uh, they can, in sure. their mind, they can translate the sounds to. You. It's the same thing when you talk. I mean, you know the keywords, right? Uh, to your animal, you want a treat. Sure. We're going to go for a walk. Outside. These things mm-hmm. they they understand all of that. Bly, don't, don't put that past them. Bly Spencer, uh, unlicensed pet therapist, uh, giving us some advice uh, during the holiday season. Let's go to the phones. Very specifically, Steve is on fifty two south of the metro. Steve, your question for Bly Spencer. Uh, remembering he is unlicensed. Uh, could I call you Doctor Spencer? Sure. Or no. Please. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm in a bind, and I'm really nervous about this. Uh, I just adopted my neighbor's dog. And, oh, uh, wonderful. Thank well, you. He, he passed away unexpected. And, oh, uh, my. He's a dog? He's a Springer Spaniel. No, the owner, uh, my, my neighbor, Gary. Oh, oh 
And uh, so I've had them for about three weeks, and oh my god. Uh, well, let me get a little backstory. Um, he happened to eat a little bit of Gary after Gary passed. Oh, jeez. And I, I know, not, I know, not, and I've, and I've, it's common. It's common. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No one. How is it common? Well, oh, many many animals eat there. I don't know. Um, all the everybody knows that as the neighbor. Um, I was kind of the only one trust with uh, with Wally. Okay. And so now I, I mean I gratefully took him, but then I didn't find out that Wally ate his fingers and his ear and his nose after he passed until oh I mean and a couple of days later the sheriff finally asked me how things were going, and I'm now I'm afraid mm-hmm. to give him a treat. I'm afraid to sleep. Oh, yeah, uh, I have to put him afraid. I mean, is there something I can do to? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's terrible. Well, yeah. yeah, it is, and I'm sorry. But well, first, again, thank thanks you, for the call, Steve. Steve yeah, for That's, being brave to call uh, in. Really and talk troubling about this. That's really troubling. And as as well as taking over for someone else and being that that number one in their life. Yes, it's very common. Uh, those that are uh, pass away in their homes and and maybe have animals and they stay there for an extended period of time. They don't feed their animals. The animals then do feed on the corpse. So it, wait a minute. It is what does this uncommon. have to do with the holiday stress here? I mean, this is. I've we see. Oh well. Yeah, no, no, that's, you're right, but these are times when people do pass away, they're shut in in their homes, yeah. and it, it can be affecting to the family member to get this news during the holidays. But I would not, to, to Steve, don't fear that. That that was a moment in time, he, the, um, Wally, I believe he said the dog was. Yes, uh, I got confused. He did what yeah. he needed to do to survive, and so you can know that that dog is a loving pet, uh, cared for by your neighbor before he passed away, and now cared for for you. Do not fear that um and if there is any you know kenneling is great kennel dog uh, whenever you feel like it's important to, um, so they don't get themselves into trouble and when they're around you you know again one of the things you can do is continue to look at their level get down to their level greet them in their eyes and share your feelings with them steve uh yeah i gotta be honest with you i thought this was gonna be about dogs like afraid of wrapping paper i didn't know we'd be going to that dark of a level here but uh let's go to another call judy is an excelsior on Excelsior Boulevard, Judy, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, good question morning. for you: We are we're cat sitting for college kids, oh, and we're cat sitting yeah. Frank the cat. Yeah, Frank the cat. But and we have a three story old old home. And yesterday, the cat uh, it took off in the house somewhere. We couldn't find him all day. I was vacuuming. <sighs> I don't know if I scared, mm. scared him, mm-hmm. wouldn't come out. And we've got this old house with, I mean, a lot of open kind of duct areas down in the basement. We don't know if he mm-hmm. was climbing around in there all day. Sure enough, 2 a.m., Frank the cat rears his head, Ugh. shows up. I felt terrible. I didn't know how to tell my kid. We may have lost the cat. Yeah. Well, so thank I, goodness you didn't have to deliver that message. To... Oh, my gosh. How do I make sure that, why did he do that? What's going on there? Well, it's, again, uh, it's a phenomenon that happens with animals. It's called teleport fear. Hmm. And an animal can move through what seems like space and time uh, where they stay hidden for approximately 10 to 11 hours, not quite 12, uh, where they can, you know, again, stay hidden from the human 
I and then reappear and they usually reappear in the last spot that they were before the incident happened. So before they were feared, uh, thought to be feared, you know, so whether that was vacuuming or whether that was a loud explosion or something like this, uh, they go back to that, that spot where they were, where oh. they were safe before and they teleport uh, almost instantly. And uh, many people have described this phenomenon like they can't find them, but they're hiding in plain sight. Right. Yeah. And so uh, that that's one of those. And it's very, again, very important when you're bringing an animal to someone else's house. Remember, you need to have two to three, maybe even four litter boxes for them. Go over the top and feeding, uh, get, make them feel more comfortable, comfortable than you would at your own home because they're in a new place. Right. Can, let's take a break here before we get too far behind. Bly Spencer. Unlicensed pet therapist, your calls, your questions, 651-461-9226. Back with our unlicensed pet therapist, Bly Spencer, pet therapist to the stars. You can find him on uh, X, as we call it now. Uh, Spencer, what's that uh, X handle of yours, Bly? Uh, Pet Therapy USA. Very good. Let's go back to the calls. we got them lined up. So Mike is on Central Avenue. Mike, you're uh, up. you got a question for our unlicensed pet therapist. Uh, hey, Adam. Hey. First time, long time. Love you. Love the show, man. Appreciate uh, it. How you doing? How you doing, Doc? I'm great. Thank you. Okay. My problem is I have this huge St. Bernard. I call him Timmy. And we have a Timmy. real Christmas tree. It's, it, it's inside. And when I put up the tree, Timmy's instincts kick in, and he lifts his leg, and he pees on my tree. That's got to be kind of Yeah, and... His the the his stream is so powerful because he's a big dog. This knocks over my tree, which scares wow. my two cats, and they attack my wife. So I've been sleeping Whoa. on the couch since I put up the tree at the day after Thanksgiving, and I'm just wondering if I can do anything to change his behavior because it's it's affecting my love life in the bedroom with the wife. Yes. Let me ask you this. What a stream, though. Can we just examine? Wait a second. I mean, that stream on the St. Bernard, I think we all miss those days. I, as a 48-year-old man, I miss those days. But I'm sorry. You go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I just, I'm wondering uh, if you, when you put the tree up, you lock the dog away. Do you lock the pets away? Or are they part of the tree process? They're part of the tree process. I mean, the, the dog and cats. Well, the, the cats don't sleep with my wife anymore, but the dog sleeps in bed with my wife because there's room because I'm on the couch. But so they're definitely. Right, but I mean, when, when you're setting all this up, are you are you putting the dogs away and locking them, and then you bring pull a tree so they don't jump out, they don't get out of the house? Are you doing that because that's commonly what happens, and what happens in that is the regret, hmm. uh, the 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 dog or the animal, I'll say, because sometimes it's cats. Um, they they feel resentful. Right, they feel very resentful for what you've done. Uh, you've you've brought something into the house. You've celebrated. You started the celebration, and you've left them out, or you've put them aside, or you put them in the kennel. You put them somewhere where they, you know, feel shame. And oh, so the okay. that really, you you have to start back over. I'm not not saying you have to take the tree okay. out of the house, uh, so uh, anything like that. But bring work. them for. Go ahead. 
Go ahead, I mean, Mike. Maybe I'll, I'll, so I'll, pick, I'll pick Timmy out with me when I go to cut the tree, tree and I can harness him to the tree and actually drag it out of the field and get him part of the process. Your sense of purpose. Now, now Give thinking. him a sense of purpose. Now you're thinking. Yes. See, you're, you're, oh, okay, answering, okay. you're answering it correctly, Adam. You could almost be a pet therapist yourself here. <laughs> you know, it, it really is make part of the family and, and do what you can to get down to their level. Uh, yeah. and, and, and be part of it, you know, and don't shame them for what he's done. He only knows how to do that. Proud right? of you. You're bringing okay. something inside. It's as if you brought a fire hydrant inside and set it up in the corner. What do you think you do? <laughs> you know? So like be, be mindful as you put through this whole process. And, again, when it comes out, when it comes out of the house, make them part of it as well. You know, make them, make them feel yep. part of what you're doing and celebrate with you. Great call, Mike. Thank you. Well, we got a, a couple uh, other. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate it. Merry Thank Christmas. Uh, Terry is on Yankee Doodle Road. Terry, go ahead. Uh, hi, uh, Terrence, actually, and uh, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. no longer there. I'm I'm on Broadway in Rochester. I was on hold so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, I got a question for the therapist. Um, so I've got a cat, and um cat seems to have constant flatulence. Oh. And it's not, it's not just, it's not just like periodically farting, right? It's like almost a constant seepage. Mm. And so what I'm... I'm crop, air, we call that crop dusting. Yeah. Yeah, but it's constant and it's awful. And I don't know, I don't know if, I don't think it's food, but it's, it's a rather young cat, probably a year, uh, well, maybe 14 months old, I would say. Sure. So I was wondering yeah. if there's anything other than food that it could be because like, and, and you can tell because... Like when you get down, you can hear it. Like when you get, oh sure, we all make noise. It. Yeah. It's like, right. Well, that's kind of. Well, first, if you have any questions, um, Terrence, on the diet of your of your animal, please seek your veterinarian. They're the, they're going to be the ones to tell you, you know, what how, what to feed and what not to feed, and and all of those ingredients. Why the constant? Of course, why the constantness? Yes. Why is it so constant? Why is it not you know, intermittent? So yeah. 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 So here, here's uh, one of the things that you know when I talk about uh, pet brain spotting, uh, this this breakthrough that we've done here in um, Australia, uh, we do, and what would I recommend you would do is a paw analysis. Okay, oh, it's cutting-edge nice. technology. It involves carefully examining the intricate, um, you know, the, the patterns and the formations in the paw of your pet, and each impression is meticulously scrutinized. There are hidden messages inside there. Okay, so what we're gonna, what we would do in your instance is unravel that profound secret of why is your cat flatulating. We can find that through those paws and looking at the messages inside uh, their hieroglyphics, basically, their personal hieroglyphics that we found. And so that's what I would recommend that we do, just do a couple of sessions of that uh, where we can do that, again, via Zoom. Uh, we can do it over over a p- area that I can see that. We don't have to be in person. Uh, and I, I, again, I recommend doing this because you have no idea uh, the deep-seated information within your animal, and it only comes out at certain points unless you go in and search for it. So we would go in and we'd search for it. Very good. Uh, we're out of time. Boy, uh, Bly, so good to have you on again. Um, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, we'll have to reach out again. Lots of texts. We just can't get to it. We're up against the uh, clock. But uh, best of luck in Australia. We'll see if uh, those techniques 
make way to uh, the U.S., but uh, reach out again sometime, and we'll continue to follow your work, sir. Happy holidays to everybody, and, and remember, keep those pets in the first and foremost and get down at their level. Very good. Bly Spencer, unlicensed pet therapist. It's 1131 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The sun is shining and the grass is green. The orange and palm trees sway. A little, uh, There's never been such a day. Holiday on location here from New York. In Beverly Hills, oh. LA. Neil Diamond Christmas all day in honor of my Neil Diamond sweater. Yes. I originated this bit with you. Yes, sir. Many, many years ago. Yes. And it was Brendan Kieran was, uh, was that producer number two for you? Number one. Number one. Well, they only, the first I hired. First, okay. Yeah. Um, what was the other guy's name? I'm forgetting now. Dan Geiger. Dan Geiger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So... We, we've uh, bonded with Kieran recently. That's right. And I texted him this morning because I heard a Neil Diamond, uh, the Little Drummer Boy. Dumb. And his version, like the real version of Neil Diamond, Little Drummer Boy, is very similar to my version oh, of Neil on. Diamond doing Little Drummer Boy. I wish I, ha- I can't find the old sound. But I sent that to Kieran because as I was recording those, we recorded like Neil Diamond Christmas album. Yes. And we're recording those in studio, and Kieran is laughing so hard that it was just—it was very fun. one of those moments. That the salad days remember. of the show, the salad days, yes, of us CCO radio. With now the we're three doing of us. unlicensed pet therapists. Yeah, did you hear of Bly? He I thought I, he was talking to you. He said, "Hey, Chad, how's it going?" And <laughs> that's actually about the only part of her. I I had the app on, okay, and I was listening to you earlier. And then I put the app back on, and I was listening to earlier part of the show. I thought I was, I thought I was all caught yeah. up to speed. Then I walk in the building, and I hear, I heard our guy, mm-hmm. and then I, I started to work. So I didn't hear. But you told me about the first call. So it's like the first call was yeah, very, first call is uh, kind of disturbing. It wasn't really holiday related. It's usually disturbing. like talking about how pets are affected by the holiday. And this one was about a guy who adopted his neighbor's dog, but nice. then went back over, and the neighbor died, and the dog was feasting on the. The corpse of the neighbor. So I didn't know what that had to do with the holidays, but uh, Bly had an answer for him. Did you reach out to Sheriff Witt at this point? I was going to say, we we get an address. More information about that. Yeah, I would love if we could find your holiday tunes of Neil Diamond. It was absolutely hysterical. We played him year after year after year. How long ago were we hacked? Uh, That was in. Six years ago? Oh, at least, I think. Yeah, the, it was like a Russian hack job. Yeah. And cleared out, we, I called it the, the, the dark eyes because I started those with wacky things that Dark Star said. Yeah. And then it just became my uh, audio file for all bits and just different calls things. and yeah. different things and totally lost it all, which is just so sad because there were some great, great moments in there. Speaking of that, because things... 
that you just associate with the holidays. So this morning, I'm thinking after I had listened to Neil Diamond singing mm-hmm. "Little Drummer Boy," I was thinking of the great, the late great Don Vogel, oh. and Don Vogel doing Howard Cosell singing "Little Drummer Boy." It's one of those things that's ingrained in my memory, so I had to play it. You can find it on YouTube, by the way. I'll look for it. I've, I've heard it before. It's, it's how about, so how about good. this? Um, individuals who are on the radio who are brilliant and and don't get the praise they deserve. Adam Carter. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Don Vogel. I mean – we're joking about the salad days. The salad days of KSTP, there's there's multiple runs, right? Mm-hmm. There's when Suchi Boy was at his peak with Jason Lewis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's a lot of, obviously, Patrick. But, man, oh, man, I remember listening to Don Vogel absolutely a ton as a kid. So amazingly talented. I was on with him Blind. one time, too. Don Vogel. Around, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The um, – the round mound of sound, right? Uh, well, that's or is that somebody else? That's Chuck. That's oh. that's that's Barkley. What did they oh. call him? Though? I'm I trying to remember. Don Vogel was something similar to that. No, maybe they did call that. They, 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 well, they called Chuck the round mound of rebound. Yeah, right. So maybe they did call mm-hmm. Vogel that because that's where Tommy came from too, right? Mischke, yeah, he was the Phantom Caller. Yeah, he was uh, on this station. Phil Henry. Yes, Phil Henry was the wrong fit for this race. He was fit. Way better now. Mm-hmm. Phil Henry and the voices and the characters and the bits he came up with when I, when I when I finished the um, Wolves I had to leave because of Q. When I would go to uh, Florida a little bit, I heard two shows that I just fell in love with. That's when Levitar was just starting, and also Phil Henry had Phil a Henry, show down yeah. there where he could really be himself. Was Phil Henry just overnights here? I think so. I think he was overnights. Oh, man. He, the characters he could yeah. just create out of nowhere and get people going. Phenomenal. Bob Yates. Yates, for sure. So that's um, – I knew Bob so well. But absolutely right. Bob was so talented. Soul Man. Soul Man a part of it. And uh, Yates obviously had his run at Hubbard, then was with the fan – God, did he go back to the fan again? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Bob Yates, way, way up on the list. And it's just amazing, though, that those like little, and I guess I've, they stick with me more because I'm in this business, and that's kind of what spurred my interest in getting into radio and everything. But that those things like ingrain in your memory like that, and that yeah, you can't you know, that certain time of year where you remember that. I agree, hundred percent. You know, that's all I had to say. <laughs> Uh, you're going to be uh, talking about uh, the Colorado uh, ruling. Yeah, we could talk about it now. We can talk about it at twelve oh five whenever you want. And my argument. That's all is, I have to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that I can tell you. My argument is I don't want courts to decide um, who's on ballots, and I just think and, and and plenty of people text me saying that's not how the Constitution works. Uh, that the Fourteenth Amendment is the Fourteenth Amendment for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if there's enough there to say, okay, is it, is he really an insurrectionist? Well, I, to me, it's uh, a dual question. It's a political question, and it is a legal question. The legal question is playing out in front of us, including Minnesota and Michigan, where it was dismissed. Right. And then here, um, a, a very different ruling. 
He has not been charged with insurrection. The president is not listed in that part in Amendment 14, is it Section 3? You know, this is all part of the Civil War and the Confederates. We, we can have the legal debate on it. I will say this, though. For political purposes, and you are in agreement, there's about 300 million people we would vote for before we would vote for Donald Trump. I 100% want Donald Trump to be on the ballot if he is the Republican he's the nominee. nominee. Right. I honestly, as divided as we are now, can you imagine if Donald Trump wins the nomination? And right now he's going to win it in a landslide. Yeah. So he wins in a landslide. And then it wouldn't be every state, but in four or five of the states that matter. So what, there's about six states that really matter, yes. seemingly. Colorado's not one of them. Colorado's not one of them. So I don't know. Are they going to automatically appeal that one? Or are they going to wait maybe if if one comes up where it would matter? But like a Michigan, a Wisconsin, a Georgia, ones where it really matters. Can you imagine he wins and he is not on the ballot and what happens to the divide in our country? January 6th might look like an appetizer yeah. compared to what – could you imagine election day in our country and Donald Trump's not on? No. Scary. Could he still win as a write-in in those states? Uh, in the states that matter, those critical states. Yeah. Are you allowed? I, I don't know this. Are you allowed to write him in? If, if he's been eliminated, so he's not listed as a candidate, if you write him in. I don't see why not. Is that, but if they say he's not eligible to be on the ballot. Oh. Should you be allowed to write him in? I, I don't know that part. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.